0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville Audio Podcast. I heard about these four Catholic ladies that were bragging on their sons. The first one said, my son is a priest, and when he walks in the room, everyone calls him father. The second lady said, well, my son is a bishop. When he walks in the room, everyone calls him your grace. The third lady said, my son is a cardinal. When he walks in the room, everyone calls him your eminence. The last lady paused and said, well, my son is six foot three. He's incredibly good looking. He has broad shoulders. He dresses impeccably well. And when he walks into a room, all the ladies say, oh, my God. Today, our unsung hero comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 24, if you want to turn there, Uh, chapter 24, verses 12 through 21. But how many know today that measuring life by what others do for us can disappoint us? But measuring life by what we do for others will add more meaning to our life. you know at Christmas time and Thanksgiving even especially we focus on this more right it's it's more blessed to give than receive right and so all these things that we think about uh, coming into the holiday season are on our hearts and minds and it's really um, interesting because it always makes you feel better when you give a gift to somebody, even if they don't deserve it or they'd have little. You know, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel like you've done something really impactful and meaningful in the world. And I think that's that's key in service, uh, measuring life by what we can do for others. And before I get too far, I think I forgot to take up the offering. That was the third thing I was going to do. Now I remember. See how my mind works? So we'll go ahead at this time while I'm talking and and take up the offering. And... uh, I'll just go ahead and say a short prayer because I completely forgot. Lord, bless this offering that we're given to you and your, for your service. God, help us to multiply your word and go forth with lives impacted. In Jesus' name, amen. So an incredible story we have to look out today. Again, another unsung hero. And basically in the series, if you're just coming into it, we're looking at people in the Bible who aren't as commonly talked about, who aren't as popular or famous. And so far we've had two people that we looked at that were, were for guys and two that were girls we looked at Rahab we looked at uh we looked at uh Benaiah and we looked at Elisha and then this week we're going to also continue that uh in looking actually we looked at Jonathan too didn't we and then we looked uh this week we're going to be looking at a girl named Rebecca and so her story again comes from Genesis 24 but this wonderful quote I don't I'm pretty sure it's in your notes it may not be Maybe it's not. But it's from Martin Luther King Jr. And it's a great quote. And I'm going to read it slow because it's, it's great. It says this. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know about Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. Isn't that amazing? It's a great quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. You don't need any kind of qualifications to be able to serve. You just have to be willing and you have to act. And so let's read together in Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 Through 21, and it'll be on the screen with us. Then he prayed, this is Isaac Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. Show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, Please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, Drink and I will give water to your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Verse 15, Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said this, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. So in this story, an ordinary day and an ordinary experience became a defining point for Rebecca's life. It became a defining point because she chose to graciously serve a complete and total stranger, and she went above and beyond. It was her humble service that opened her life to greater opportunities. I listen to uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, and I reference him sometimes. And he's this multi-million dollar uh, motivational speaker, but he's also a pastor. He writes books and makes tapes that you can listen to and things like that. I really enjoy listening to him. But one of the things he said in one of the tapes really struck me uh, just last week that I was listening to. And it says this, I, I got home and my wife said, uh, I want to know who you are right now. He said, what do you mean? He said, are, she said, are you Eric or are you E.T. the hip-hop preacher? And that's what his name is. And he said, well, I'm Eric. And she, he said, why do you ask? She says, well, when you when you left... You didn't put away your clothes. You left them on the floor. So I don't need a motivational speech right now. I need you to help out around the house. (laughs) And he said, you don't become great by doing great. You become great by doing few. You don't become great by doing all the big things first. You do become great by doing faithful. By doing the things... That are ordinary. And that's exactly what Rebecca was modeling here. Now Rebecca in the story in the Bible, you remember, uh, she's the um, wife of Isaac and the mother to Jacob and Esau. There you go. Is pulling some history back. So again, an unsung hero, someone we don't talk about a lot. But she had a great response in this story. And today there's four Brief points today, and we want to just give you an opportunity to respond at the end with worship again, kind of like we've been doing in this series. But she had four things that were really important um, to her response. So the first point today is this. Rebecca saw an opportunity and took the initiative to act. Rebecca saw an opportunity and she took the initiative to act. If you'll give me just a moment. I'm turning here in my, my Bible, it went away, to, uh, to Genesis chapter 24. And we're going to go to verse 18. Because she reached down and she said, Drink, my Lord, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. How I many you know that ideas are really worthless if they're never put in a good action? It's just nothing more than an idea. So sometimes we have these great ideas. Wow, we could help the homeless. We could do this. We could do this. But we never put those ideas in action. I have a friend. His name is Jake Strickland. And I'm going to be meeting him in Charlotte next week. He started this, uh, this I guess you'd call it a ministry. It's a non-profit called Cardio Blessings. And what they do, I've explained a little bit before, what they do is they go around to homeless in different major cities and they minister to them, they give uh, sleeping bags to them and food items and all kinds of things. So anyway, they've gone to Myrtle Beach and Raleigh and different Atlanta. And this uh, this month, in July 21st, they're going to be in Charlotte, so I volunteered to go with them. But an opportunity to act, and it's an idea that he had, uh, he has had three back surgeries, and so he couldn't run anymore. He couldn't do those kinds of things, but he could walk. And so he took his book bag and loaded it up with peanut butter one Saturday, loaded it up with jars of peanut butter and forks and spoons, and just went around and bottles of water and talking to the homeless, giving them out peanut butter, and just witnessing to them, telling them about the love of Jesus and, and all these other things. So he's a combat veteran, and he's got a couple more combat veterans that, that come with him and, and other people like me that are involved that are not combat veterans. And so... It's just grown to this huge thing, so they had to get licensed and all this stuff. Anyway, my point is this. He had an idea, and he acted on it. He had an idea that could change literally the world. In all these major cities, he's gone around to ministering these people, and it's literally changed the world. Good intentions have no power. Plans are nothing unless they are followed by action. And this week, Perry Noble is actually at the conference, an Insight conference in Raleigh and Durham, and and he said one of these things like, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I really didn't uh, write it down. But it was such a good quote because it, it, it was very similar to the one uh, that that E.T. Uh, Eric Thomas said. He said this, Great ideas are not faithful. Execution is faithful. Because when we have good ideas that God placed on our heart and we do nothing with them, they're just ideas, they're not action. And so Rebecca had an idea of serving God. And she took action. And in verse 18, we see that when she quickly lowered the jar. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've seen an opportunity and you haven't taken action and then you wish that you would have done something? I know for me, that happens all the time. Uh, Maybe I'm on 77 going 70 miles an hour and there's somebody broke down and they look like they need help and I'm just going too fast, can't slow down. Oh, well, wish I could, right? There's some situations like that, but there's other situations like you see a mom mistreating her children and you really wish you could do something and you can't. Okay, and those kinds of situations are a little different. But those ones that you see that you can do something about, the ones that the needs that are right in front of you at the grocery store when you see someone hurting and broken, I get great stories from you guys all the time about how you minister to people right where you are in your workplaces, in the grocery store. I had a friend share a story about that the other day. He was in the grocery store. He goes on Monday every week, and he got to witness to this guy that he goes and sees. And it took months of going and seeing the same grocery worker every single Monday. But after all that time of forming a relationship, he's able to open up and share the good news of Christ with him. Uh, and again, I just had the awesome opportunity uh, Tuesday of this past week to meet with a couple who my wife connected me with from her hospital, and they don't go to a church anywhere. Uh, they, They don't attend church, but they wanted to get married because they feel in their heart that it's the right thing to do, which is really incredible because I got to open up and share about God's marriage plan and share about, you know, love is patient, love is kind. And that's the scriptures they wanted, you know, and they have no idea. Right. They've never been to church and that's what they felt was right. But I was presented with an opportunity and I had an idea. Maybe if I can meet with this couple and have coffee with them that I can lead them to the Lord. And that was an idea and then I took an initiative to act. And that's exactly what this story is saying today. Rebecca saw an opportunity and not only had an idea, but she took the initiative to act. And in our church today, we can have great ideas, but if we don't back it up with action, they're worthless. We've got to get out. We've got to serve. Just like Rebecca did. Point number two today is this. Rebecca went the extra mile. Rebecca seemed to be saying this. I'll do what you ask me to do, and then I'm going to do something more. Few individuals desire to do more than they most. Everywhere you look today, you see an attitude of minimum effort for maximum payment. Has anybody ever ever seen that in today's culture? Get-rich-quick schemes are more popular than ever. I mean, because everybody wants to get... $3,000 from working one day a week. I mean, that's just how it is, right? I'll be honest with you. If there was a job, I could... Never mind. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? It's the attitude that we have in our culture of, I want to do as little as possible, and I want to get paid the most. We can see that with, uh, you know, just different struggles in our culture today and on the media. But Rebecca went the extra mile. Now, there's a calculation here that we went through, and, and we said, you know, 10 camels... And the average camel, the, the the research I did actually says that the camel drinks 30 gallons of water per day. That's a lot. I'm good to drink one gallon a day, uh, but 10 uh, camels at 20, let's say 20, a conservative estimate, at each is 200 gallons. Okay, so 200 gallons of water to water camels uh, with a five gallon jar equals 40 trips. Now 40 trips at a conservative 3 minutes each equals 2 hours to water 10 camels. And that's not even them drinking their full amount. And also probably in you know mid Israel probably 80 to 90 degrees at some point during this time. So it was not just she gave water to the camels and that was it. It wasn't like this easy story, you know, that we get from just that verse, that one verse and it's more than that. Because if he had all these camels and it took so much work, she had to make several laborious trips. It wasn't just, here, have some canteen water, sir, and let me pour the rest in the trough. No, camels drink a lot. You know those humps in the back? They can hold up to 30 to 50 gallons of water. I mean, it's just crazy how much that they can can hold and conserve because they're in the desert, right? And so she went the extra mile, and I I think I recall uh, Jesus saying something about that too, right? He said, if, if someone requires you to go one mile, go with them too, right? And so going the extra mile has been labeled all through Scripture as going above and beyond. You know, Jesus went above and beyond. You know, all his disciples, they did things above and beyond the, the normal call of service. In fact, in our country, we model that pretty good by honoring those who have gone the ultimate sacrifice, is what we call it. Above and beyond the call of duty and have sacrificed their lives for our freedom so we can have the rights that we have today. So all those things, uh, I'm not you know, honoring all those things right now, but they have their place because it's a, it's a culture of saying we're not going to just hand out food, we're going to hand out food and then come back and do it again. Uh, it's not just a one-time thing, it's a recurring thing. So she's more concerned for others, uh, point number three, than she was herself. Rebecca was more concerned for others than she was for herself. Radical acts of service will always call for some degree of personal sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. 2420, so she quickly emptied her jar in the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels again going back to the extra mile and running into point three because they're very similar. She's more concerned for others than she was for herself. It was tiring. It was laborious. She was probably sweating and just give out by that time. I don't even know what time of day it was. It could have been afternoon, late. She had already done her chores, worked for the day, whatever. She could have been really tired. And this was a lot of labor. And she sacrificed for someone else. She sacrificed because she was concerned for others than she was herself. One of the best examples I can think of that comes to my mind is is mothers. Um, mothers were always concerned with others around the table than they were for themselves that I grew up with. I don't know if you had that privilege or not. But my mom was always concerned with uh, the child getting the last piece of, of pie or bread or or whatever before she fed herself, right? She was always more concerned with her children having... Than her having, and I think that's the best example that I can come up with is that my mom would, you know, even if she burnt something, she would get the burnt piece because she wanted us to have the better piece. And I think that's the attitude here that comes out of this servant of of God that, you know, she was concerned for the well being of Isaac, she was concerned for the well being of the animals, and that's really the best example that I can come up with myself to know that that someone's concerned for more for others than she was for herself. In fact, there's this other military story that's called, uh, the movie that's out, called Hacksaw Ridge. And I'm not endorsing the movie or anything, but the storyline behind it is really cool. And it's this guy in World War II, and he he refuses to carry a weapon. And it's against his belief system, whatever. Uh, But he ended up saving 75 people from battle, running out in the line of fire, grabbing them, pulling them away from fire, doing the medical thing on them, all because he was more concerned for others' safety than he was for his well-being. I'm not saying it's all right to go sacrifice yourself for the good of others all the time, but isn't that what Jesus modeled for us? He's laid down his life for us, even when we didn't deserve it. Isn't that incredible? Jesus laid down his life for us. And how good it is when, you know, we recognize that we did not deserve that. But He did it for us because He was more concerned for others than He was for Himself. And the same thing can be said here in Rebecca. And we can also go through Scripture and and list other people who were just like that. Who went through Scripture and and did not do anything selfish. They were more concerned with promoting uh, others And so those radical acts of service uh, is very important. And I always say this, servant evangelism is the most effective. Servant outreach is always the most effective. When a church is serving in their community for nothing, no charge, no gain, no personal interest, that is the most when they grow the most. When they go out in the community and just give, 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 and spend time giving, and spend time investing, that is when they will grow. The same thing is for your personal families and personal lives. When we're serving others without an expected reward, that's when we reap the most benefits and the most gain. It's incredible how that works. But again, there's one church that I'm thinking of in Goldsboro. I used to do a little bit of work with on, you know, just attend some of their meetings because I wanted to learn. You know, a church of like 2,500, and you know they they weren't always like that. They started out at 65 people, uh, and they were old traditional church. You know, they were about to close their doors. And I asked the pastor, I'm like, well, what happened? He's been there 25 years. He just retired. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, we started doing things for our community. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, one day we washed the police cars. We went out as a church and we washed the police cars for nothing. And then one day we'd feed the city council and the mayor. We'd go and feed them. And I'm like, well, who paid for it? You know? And that's the question we always want to ask. Who so paid for it? He said, God paid for it. Because we're serving Him. And He brought the increase. He brought the offering. He brought the money. And so they kept doing these things. They had all the mechanics in the church one time doing a free oil change day. Incredible thing. They pulled all the ladies' cars in that couldn't do it or couldn't afford it. They had a trail full of cars and just 30 guys coming out who knew how to change oil. And they changed everybody's oil for free. Just doing things that, that normally is not done for a community that needs to be done. And it's just incredible how much their attendance... Grew just from serving uh, in the community. Obviously, Grace has that same kind of uh, story with you know them growing exponentially is from serving the community where they uh, are ministering to. And even now, we see that with the care house. If you don't know what the care center is, uh, we built a care center house in the middle of a neighborhood uh, that obviously is a little underprivileged. And we're building bicycles and giving them opportunities to work and tutoring programs and activities in the summer for people who don't, might not have access to food or, or education and those kinds of things. What an incredible way to serve because we're concerned more for others, right? And that's what Christ has called us to. And then the last point, if you'll put that up there, point number four. Rebecca stepped into a bigger story because she was willing to serve. Matthew 20, 26-28 says this, Whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant, and whoever wants to be first must become your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Ephesians 6-7 also says this, Serve wholeheartedly as you were serving the Lord. And along with that service, she's stepping into a bigger story because she's willing to, to serve more than just herself. And today I would ask the question and close the service. I know I've been a little shorter than normal. But I really want us to take time to reflect of how this applies to our personal life. Because here's a good point. You're never too old to serve. Craig Rochelle says it like this. If you're not dead, you're not done. You're never too old to pray. You're never too old to talk to people about Jesus. When you're going out to restaurant or the grocery store or wherever. You're not done yet. God is not finished with you because He's given you life. He's given you breath. And if He's keeping you on this earth, it's for a purpose. You have to believe that. It's in His Word. And we're living the story of Jesus when we're serving people. And we're stepping into that broader, that larger story of Christ working in our life when we're serving others. A lot of times it might be our spouse that goes out and serves a lot, and I can be challenged by that. You know, my spouse does things that I can't do. Agreed? I can't go revive people from the dead. Probably, I'm I'm not trained. That's the first thing. I don't know how to give an IV. Um, I'd probably blow a vein. You'd probably be very upset with me. I can't give medicine. I would probably give it in the wrong dose, the wrong place, and the wrong calculation. That's not what I was gifted in. But with her gifts, she can do that, and she can be a person of service. And one of the things that she wants to do in her life is go on one of those medical missions trips because she can use her gifts in that way and serve others. And that's something that we want to empower. But in your life, you have gifts and abilities that, that, that you can pour into someone's life with. And that's incredible because I don't have that you know, the same gifting. that There's a whole group of people that you can reach for Jesus that I can't ever see. I won't ever see them because they're in your area. And so part of this larger story of Jesus working through us and us being like Rebecca and going the extra mile and serving others more than yourself and all this together working is incredible because it's part of a bigger picture that's not just us. Actually, Friday night, there was a, an accident on the, on the road. It was pretty bad. And one of our uh, parents actually had to uh, stop and help and assist with that process. And that in and of itself can be a serving, um, a serving thing. Because they have gifts that I don't have. Again, but taking just a moment wherever you are and looking at whatever is around you, whoever is around you, how you can touch those people. However, you can affect those people. Look, it may be in finance. It may be in realty. I don't know. But you can have a touch wherever you are into someone's life and make a difference for eternity. And you can be a part of that larger story that Rebecca was a part of. So I guess I would challenge us today that we need to look for opportunities to bless others through service. Just take a moment today, and when you go out to eat, do something random act of kindness. I gave a lady a, a, a large larger tip than she deserved this past week. Uh, you know something like that, just random, not warranted, not deserved. you know And if you do those things, I guarantee you the Lord will bless your life for them. Speak life into somebody. And so I guess the last challenge as we close and, and they're going to begin to play and we're going to enter into a time of worship is this, think in our lives in our families, how we can serve others. What are ways that God can lead us to serve? The Holy Spirit directing your heart today in areas that you can serve. But one of the ways we can all get involved is here on Sunday morning. We have several places that we can serve in our church on Sunday morning. Maybe you don't know about all of them. But we have opportunities to serve in our children's department, our nursery, ushers, greeters, hospitality, Set up, people setting up chairs. If you're not good at any of that cooking stuff and fixing coffee and if it would be grainy if you did it, don't worry about that. We have some chairs you can help set up. I'm just kidding. But we would love to have you serve because serving is at the heart of Christ. Would you agree? That's how he came is to serve. And so we want to model that by serving others. And when people come into our church, we certainly want them to feel like we're all serving. We're all here serving one another. Because isn't that what Jesus modeled with washing the, the disciples' feet? Even the leader served. You'll see Pastor Paul, Pastor Farrell, myself, vacuuming, cleaning up the bathrooms, taking out trash. Why? Because we're not above that. Jesus called us to serve. And that's what we've got to do. Whether it's the trash, or whether it's the worship, or preaching, or whatever. God has called us all to serve. And so there's several opportunities that we would love to get you connected to. And if you don't want to serve in that way, maybe you could just pray through the service. Pray while people are coming in. Pray while people are, are, are being led to the Lord. There's opportunities to serve, and we want you to serve. And then there's also opportunities to serve in our community. Uh, Iredale Christian Mission and uh, uh, Fifth Street Ministries and, and even our church and, and doing things in the community, you can get involved so we can serve. Uh, Christ Jesus. And so I think one of the things today, if you'll stand with me, we'll just close the service, as this. When you're serving others, you're living a life of Jesus. You're part of this bigger story that Rebecca was part of. And today, if everyone just close your eyes for a minute, let's reflect on our life and our own service unto the Lord. And Father, right now we just pray and we come before you. Just open our hearts and open our eyes, God. Holy Spirit, work in our lives, move. God, show us areas that we need to serve in. God, just like Rebecca, that we need to go the extra mile. God, that we need to uh, go above and beyond the, the normal call of duty so that others might know who we are following. So, God, I just pray today that you would just open up our eyes to opportunities of service in our church, in our personal lives, in our families, and in our community, God, today. Because, God, we want to model you in everything we do, and you have a heart of service. And so today, Lord, we just thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name. And today I don't want to hesitate. If anyone has yet to make a decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. It's one of the most important decisions that you'll ever have in your life to make. It's the most rewarding. It's not going to be easy all the way. But God directs us and gives us guidance. And He comforts us. And He loves us unconditionally. And today I would be incorrect if I talked about serving and the life of Jesus and didn't give an opportunity for you to respond, that Jesus died on a cross for your sins and He loves you. He doesn't want you to perish. John 3.16 says He wants everyone to have everlasting life. That's His goal. That's His desire. And so today, if you haven't made that decision, we have people that are going to be available to pray with you. Uh, I will be available to pray with you after service right here at the front. Or others will be available. To pray with you and ask the Lord To help you To invite Jesus To take control of your heart and your life And follow him And serve him more every day For more information On Grace Covenant Church Our service times, ministry opportunities Directions and more Visit us at gracecovenant.org